Good morning. Good morning, and uh, welcome as we uh, join together in uh, worship uh, this morning. Very special day and special time of worship as we are in the Advent season, in the waiting and watching and expecting of the coming of, uh, of Christ and all of the messages that are ours leading up to uh, that. We also share this today in Holy Communion, and so we'll be sharing in that a little later in the service where we all can participate and share. But let us uh, enter into uh, worship now with uh, a call to worship. So let me invite you to stand, if you would, and join with me in our call to worship. From the flurry of holiday busyness, yearning for lasting joy, from full calendars and hectic schedules, Drink the cup of blessing. Sing the songs of Advent hope. From the worry of our days, we come to you as free. Be made new. Follow the Prince of Peace, the joy of every day heart. O come, O come, Emmanuel is our song. Let's sing together.
standing. I know that little print said invocation prayer. Okay. But uh, let us join our voices as one as we share in this prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come into our midst. Come into our hearts. Come into our homes and our communities. Into our schools and workplaces. May we welcome you everywhere, making room for you, preparing for you, anticipating your arrival with joy and reverence. We commit this season of Advent to becoming ready. Shine your light in those nooks and crannies we keep in the shadows. Sweep the cobwebs from our long-hidden doubt and fear. Repair our torn and wounded places. We long for your arrival. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We come to our, our peg moments, you know, those pegs, those stakes that we hold ourselves to as a community of faith, because as a community of faith, we need to pray, engage, give, and serve uh, to truly connect with uh, one another. I want to remind you that as you're uh, considering your end-of-the-year giving, there are lots of mechanisms and ways to uh, do that, and um, be happy to talk with you about that if you've got uh, ways that you uh, want to think about giving and do that at the end of the year. Um, our regular offering is received by the baskets that are available um, as you're coming and going, but also you can do that online in our mechanisms online, and hope you'll take the opportunity to, uh, to give the regular gifts. There is also a, a table in the entry area full of these little angels on it. This is part of our angel tree uh, project. Each angel represents a Walmart or Target gift card that we're asking you to get that will be passed on to uh, children for uh, Christmas. We're working in partnership with our outreach uh, programs that are here, our, our mission outreach uh, that engage children. We're also working with our Florida United Methodist Children's Home to make sure that all of our children in the foster care program are receiving um, the support that they need for this Christmas time. So Target and Walmart cards, I think they're supposed to be $25. They need to come back this week. They need to come back this week um, so that we have them prepared for uh, next uh, Sunday. <clears throat> Let us uh, continue in, uh, in worship as, uh, with music and with prayer.
morning. I'm Pastor Peyton. We're going to join together in a time of prayer. So let's bow our heads. I'm going to begin this morning with some words from Ted Loder from Gorillas of Grace. God of all seasons and senses, grant us the sense of your timing to submit gracefully and rejoice quietly in the turn of the seasons. In the season of short days and long nights of gray and white, teach us the lessons of endings. Children growing, friends leaving, loved ones dying, grieving over, grudges over, blaming over, excuses over. Oh God, grant us the sense of your timing. In this season of short days and long nights of gray and white, teach us the lessons of beginnings. That such waitings and endings may be the starting place of planting of seeds which bring to birth what is already to be born. Something right and just and different. A new song. A deeper relationship, a fuller love in the fullness of your time. O oh God, grant us the sense of your timing. Hear us, Lord, the prayers on our hearts and those things that we lift to you. The pleadings of wondering why and the thankfulness of the blessings we see. Place your hand in our world, Father. So much breaks our hearts each and every day. Help us to see as you see, to love as you love, and to be where you are so that others may experience God with skin on. Let us see you at every turn. Father, as we wait and we prepare for the birth of Jesus, let us see his birth in this world. Let us see love in a new light. Let us see our neighbor with new love. Renew us today as we make our way to Christmas, preparing our hearts for the birth of your son. Hear us today as we pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen.
You may be seated. So our, our scripture today is from the opening of the Gospel of Luke, and, and in some way it is part of the birth story. This is the words, the poetry really, of Zechariah as he is aware now of his son's birth, and that is uh, his son would become John the Baptist. So here are these great words of poetry in the Gospel of Luke. Bless the Lord, God of Israel, because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house. Just as he said through the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant. The solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we, that we would be rescued rescued from the power of our enemies, so that we could serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's deep compassion, the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us in the path of peace. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord, we do need your guidance we do need your guidance towards the path of peace. But we find ourselves all too often sitting in the shadow of death, in the place of darkness and gloom. O oh Lord, speak to us your holy message this day. Open our hearts to receive your good news. Amen. Amen. We're waiting for that day, that day, that Christmas day, right? It's coming, and uh, we see the lights all around and the tinkling lights, and we love all of the, the happy, careful, cheerful music that we're hearing on the radios these days with all the Christmas songs and Christmas things because Jesus is coming, and we want to jump right there. We want to get the, to the happy, fun stuff, and, uh, and we hear all the joyous songs on the radio, but you know what? I get, you know, the Christian song radio stations are even playing like Winter Wonderland, you know, like, like we understand what that is, you know, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, you know, and jingle bells and all that kind of stuff, because we like the happy stuff, but our, our Christmas carols, the hymns and the carols that are in our scriptures and that we sing, they're actually kind of dark. They're kind of dark and they're kind of gloomy. They have language in them that is uh, kind of dark and oppressive. It reveals our sin and our brokenness and our messiness and our darker side. It reveals the, the contention and the, the enmity that we have. Well, can't we just do the joyous songs, you know, and the happy stuff on the radio? 
But even in our classic O Holy Night, we hear, Long lay the world in sin and error, pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. In sin and error or pining, we are left so much in our mess that we're crying out, we're pining, we're, we need something. We need some help because we're kind of lost in this messy, dark brokenness. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Sinners. He's not talking about the person next to you. He's talking about you and me. All right? God and sinners. God and those people that have got things all messed up and all broken. God rest you, merry gentlemen, to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Yes, the power of evil has a hold on us. We've messed up. We've gone astray. We've broken things. We've created divisions. Well, not in our country. You don't hear any divisiveness happening in our country, right? In our culture, in our community. Even, oh man, it's even in our families, in our households. You know, the mess. I mean, it's in our songs. We were just singing, Oh, O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, and here's one of the verses. O come, O come, O come, rod of Jesse's stem from every foe. Deliver them. Foe, we have enemies. We have, we have war. We have battles. We have contention in our hearts, in our lives, in our families, in our households. We have all this brokenness. And here's the thing. God's warned us about this. We have a scripture full of prophets from the beginning of time, it seems like, saying, you messed up. You got to turn around and get it right. Turn around is the word for repent. You know, you got to turn around and get it right. And, and so Jesus was born because we haven't listened to any of these prophets yet. We haven't paid attention to them. In fact, if you look in the, uh, the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament, the very first chapter, it says, uh, the very first verses, it says, you know, in the past, God has spoken to us in many and very myriad kinds of ways. Lots of prophets have come. But in these last days, God had to get a bit more intentional a bit more perfect, and in these last days, God jumped in full-fleshed and became fleshy, and became fleshy, became incarnate. Hark the herald angels sing, veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. God had to get personal. God had to jump into the soupy, dark, mess abyss that we've created and get personal with us. Jump into the water while we're drowning in order to rescue us and pull us out. In other words, there is no length that God will not go to in order to rescue you and me. In order to rescue us. And that's our condition. We need to be rescued. We need it. We need to be rescued. And that's probably part of what Zechariah in this beautiful poetry is getting at because he's feeling a sense of that rescue. The story of Zechariah and Elizabeth is that uh, Zechariah was of the priestly family. He was one of the priests. 
And so he would have his turn on occasion to be the one to go into the temple and to put up all the decor and decorations and take care of things and make everything right for worship and to offer the sacrifices and do that. Now, he and Elizabeth had grown old together and had never had a child. And now they were very old and the time of childbearing had passed them. And they're just doing their kind of jobs, but they're kind of lost in their world and their culture because a child was everything. A child was what gave purpose to the family and to the family unit. And they had lost that. And, and so while fixing up the temple one day, Zechariah hears God speak to him and says, you know, you and Elizabeth are going to have a child. It's kind of like an Abraham and Sarah story, you know. Abraham and Sarah had not had children, and God came, and uh, an angel told them, you're going to have a child, and Sarah laughed, and I said, okay, that's a good name for a child, laughter, you know. And, uh, but now Elizabeth and Zechariah are going through that same kind of experience, and Zechariah is told that uh, you're going to have a child, and Zechariah says, well, that's not possible. And God's response is, well, if that's the way you're going to talk, you can't talk. And he was made mute. Unable to talk for the whole duration of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, because she did become pregnant. She did have a child, and her child would become John the Baptist. And a few days after John the Baptist, who would be, the child would become John the Baptist, is born, a few days after, Zechariah can speak again, and the first words out of his mouth are this passage that we read today. This is what comes out of his mouth. That, you know, we've been rescued. And for him and Elizabeth, it's personal. It's gotten real personal. They've been rescued. They've been lifted. They now have a child. And Zechariah is beginning to recognize his purpose, that he's going to raise the child that one day would be a blessing because he would prepare the way of the Lord. That would be the, the theme of John's life prepare the way of the Lord to make that path ready, to get things ready, because God is going to enter in in this fleshy way to bring the, to rescue that we can't do on our own. And Zechariah now is filled with these beautiful words of poetry that come out that talk about the blessing it is to be rescued. In fact, this poetry is called the Benedictus, which means in Latin, the blessing because he recognizes the blessing that we would be rescued, it says in verse 74, that we would be rescued so that we could serve. So that we could serve. We love a good rescue story, don't we? We love rescue stories. In fact, our world loves rescue stories because if you've got a good rescue story, they'll make a movie out of it. Yeah, they'll make a movie out of a good rescue story very quickly. You've seen Dunkirk, or know the story of Dunkirk? A bunch of fishermen in their boats, in private boats, cross the English Channel to uh, rescue uh, soldiers who are trapped during the, the war and, and are facing their death. Or maybe you like a rescue story like Apollo 13, where our astronauts are kind of lost out in space in a broken-down ship and coming apart, and yet we were able to get them back to earth and to bring them home. Or maybe you're more familiar with the story like the raid on Entebbe and those who are rescued. And I'm sure they're going to make a movie about that soccer team, that Thailand soccer team, and they got 
trapped by the rains that came and filled the cave that they were exploring and they were caught in and the divers had to come and, and take them out one at a time. What a rescue that was. We love that story. We followed it like crazy. I'm sure the movie's coming. A miracle on the Hudson. Now, yeah, now we give our rescue stories names, don't we, and titles. The rescue on the Hudson when all the people are rescued from a plane crash out of the freezing river. Or the Chilean miners. The miners in Chile that were buried for 68 days underground, and we were able to get them out. What a rescue. We love a rescue story. Or how about a throwback rescue story? Here's a throwback one from many years ago. Baby Jessica. Baby Jessica. Barely a toddler. Two and a half days in the bottom of a well. Or maybe you like the story of Jesus Garcia. Jesus Garcia in Mexico. Oh, you don't know that story? Jesus Garcia was just a working guy. He was a, a brakeman on a railroad. And uh, he was uh, working the railroad as a brakeman and traveling with the train. And they had pulled into a, a city, a fairly populated city. And they had, he had put the brakes in gear and parked the train because the town was on kind of a little bit of a slope. He got it all set. And then someone came in and says, one of the train cars is on fire. There's a fire on the roof. And the train car is on fire. And, and Jesus, he's even got the name spelled like our, our Savior, Jesus. Jesus, he goes out and recognizes that, yes, the car is on fire. And the train car that's on fire is a train car that's con that contains construction equipment that's explosive for doing work. And so there's dynamite and explosive stuff that's in this train car that's on fire. And he recognizes they're in the middle of a town. They're right at the train station where there are lots of people around. And if this car blows up, it's going to begin a chain reaction of all the other explosives in the area. And so what can a brakeman do? He can release the brake. And the train began to slowly roll down the hill that it was parked on and roll out of town and kept rolling and kept rolling until it got half a mile, mile away. And the explosion happened. And a few people lost their lives, but not an entire city was leveled. That city now calls its city name, they added De Garcia on it because they were rescued by Jesus Garcia. We love a rescue story. We love a rescue story. We want to hear more rescue stories. He has granted, it says, he has granted, God has granted that we should be rescued. We should be rescued because we need it. Jesus is our Savior. He is our rescue. He rescues us. He rescues us from that fiery train. He rescues us and pulls us out of our pit of despair. He rescues us and puts out the evil that's burning within our souls. He rescues us and brings us home when we are lost. He rescues us and frees us from our cave and from our trap and that which is holding us back. Jesus rescues us and we love a rescue story. Jesus is so much more than a Santa Claus who gives us a gift that we don't deserve. By the way, that's the definition of grace, getting a gift that you don't deserve. And here's the gift. Jesus rescues. He rescues. And we need to be rescued. We need to be rescued from the darkness and the evil 
and the sin that is part of our lives. We need to be rescued from the chaos that we can't control. And in the last couple of years, the, the COVID situation and all the other stuff that's going on has created this chaos and divisions and insecurity among us and who knows what's happening with the economy and with jobs and all of that. And we need to be rescued from that chaos. We need to be rescued from the mess that we have made of our own lives. The mistakes that we have made, the brokenness that we have caused, the things that we have left undone. We need to be rescued. We need to be rescued from the mess others have created that have impacted our lives and maybe created a fear or, or a bitterness or an anxiety. We need to be rescued from our shame and from our guilt. We need to be rescued from our own hubris. There's a big word for you. It means rescued from the I got this attitude because I've got everything under control and I can be my own God. We need to be rescued from our fear, our paralyzing fear. We need to be rescued. And while we're in that mercury, muddy, sewage-like kind of mess, Jesus jumps in. That's God with us. This fleshy God jumps into the mess to rescue us from our drowning. God with us, Emmanuel. God in the flesh, incarnate. Jesus rescues. And we love a rescue story because we need to be rescued. And we're rescued not just as a nice gift, but we're rescued for a purpose. We're rescued so that we can serve. You hear that in the scripture? So that we can serve. Great rescue story. You've seen Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan. What a great story. The whole story is about a rescue. A small band of, of soldiers that are going to find one soldier in the middle of World War II, and who knows where he is. And the whole story is about rescuing this Private Ryan. And soldiers sacrifice and give up their life along the way of this little band they are dying. And things are happening in war, and they're giving up their life. And of course, it's Hollywood, and so there's a final battle scene. There's a final holdout. And more people give their lives to save Private Ryan. And the purpose of saving Private Ryan is so that he can go save his mom in the midst of her grief because other sons have died. In the midst of that final scene, the leader of the band looks at Ryan and says, Make this worth it. We are saved so that we can serve. Make it worth it. How do we honor the rescuer? How do we honor the rescuer? The answer, again, is in one of our carols. In the bleak midwinter. How do you name a Christmas carol with the word bleak in it? You know? In the bleak midwinter. In the middle of our darkness. In the middle of... The, the winter when the days are the shortest and there's nothing but darkness in the bleakness of that part of our life are these words. If I were a shepherd, I would bring him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I give him my heart.
What does it look like for you to give your whole heart to the rescuer? What does it look like for you to give your whole heart to the rescuer who jumped into your mess to pull you out? You are rescued. We are rescued so that holidays and parties and decorations and shopping and playing Santa, we are rescued so that we can serve him. As we come for Holy Communion, this is the act of the rescuer. This is Jesus rescuing us. The body that is broken and the blood that is shed is the death of the fleshy Jesus, the fleshy God who rescues us. We come to this table because we need a rescue, and this is the activity of rescuing. This is the grace and the power and the love of God that in a very real way lifts us and rescues us. This is God jumping into our mess so that we are lifted out. This is God jumping into our mess so that our hearts are transformed and changed, so that we are rescued and we rise up from this table and go to serve, to serve him, to honor the rescuer. Amen. As we uh, come to share in Holy Communion, I invite you to uh, join me in our um, great thanksgiving for this day. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. And a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. And blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. 
You fill the hungry with good things, and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Know that the Lord's table is available for everyone, and you're welcome to uh, come and to receive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer something extra different today. We've been in a time of uh, of COVID, and we will bring you communion where you sit, and there'll be in those little cups. But if you would choose to come and kneel at the altar for communion. Before I come out there, I'm going to leave some of the cups there on the altar rail. And if you would like to come and kneel in prayer and receive communion in that way, you're welcome to come and to receive those. We just didn't preset them, but we'll put some there. But know that the Lord's table is open for everyone to receive. Come and receive as God leads you.
Most gracious God, we are so grateful for your love, so grateful for the depth of your compassion for our lost souls that you jumped into the mess with us. Oh Lord, may we more than remember the story, but may we recognize and feel in our hearts your rescue, your work in our hearts and lives. And may we raise up from this table and go to prepare a place, prepare the way for Jesus to come. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. O come, thou long-expected Jesus. Go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ has joined you in your life to rescue you. Go now and prepare the way. Prepare the way for the good news of Christ that's coming. Amen. Amen. Amen.